home. We are like stuck in Austin, Texas, and Wisconsin. I'm not actually sure which. And we got a good show on tap for you today because the official betting lines of the World Championships. That's right, the official because they're on our website, and you can't find World Championship and betting it's, uh, it's lines fitting, anywhere JD, else. JD, because we are on the Las Vegas episode, episode 702. So maybe we should do like our famous uh, favorite Vegas memories and bring Sion on the show or something. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that where uh, Bray got naked and ran around outside? No. That was Chattanooga. That's Chattanooga. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if someone's getting naked and running outside, you got to assume it's Vegas, right? You, yeah, you would think. Um, hey, they don't call Chattanooga Sin City for nothing. Yeah, it would have been less <laughs> conspicuous in Vegas, but I think my <laughs> favorite Vegas true. story, my, actually, one of, I don't know, maybe my favorite Vegas story does include Sion, and I definitely cannot tell it. <laughs> <laughs> That is like most Sion stories. Yeah. And most times Sion just kind of, you know, says them. Yeah. Honor. He doesn't care. He just goes for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but do we want to kind of get into some of these betting lines and uh, see where we're putting our money? Uh, yeah. I mean, my it. proposal. I wish we could bet real money, though. Well, my proposal was. Are you going to be the house? All bets always go through me. But okay. we each get a hypothetical $1,000, yep. place the bets wherever we want, and whoever theoretically wins the most money has to give the other two a percentage of their Bitcoin. Oh. I think that's only fair. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fair. That's, that's, that's really it can be awesome. a mere 2%, yeah. 3% 2%, huh? of all your Bitcoin ownings. But That's easy for me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's gamble. I'll probably beat you guys anyways. Over under how many points Kyle Day gives up? I like I like that line though. It's yeah, funny. there's a these aren't just a. You think the whole the tournament? What? What about the whole tournament? This is this is the whole tournament for Kyle Day. Yeah. Wow. In 2018, he didn't give up a single point. Wow. That is crazy to think about, huh? Yeah. How many give up at the Olympics though? Because at least at least ten in one match. Yeah, that, that's it though, uh, right? Well, he gave up one. one in Repeshaw, she didn't give up any. And, one, uh, right? Chimizo. Bronze, he didn't give up any. Chimizo, he didn't give up any. He won four to zero, right? Oh, I was like one five one. I can yeah, double check. Yeah, you better double check that. I I, I thought he might have given up a point too, but either way, like one. he doesn't give up a lot. Yeah, of points. not a lot. Should Ooh. we start at the top? Work our way down. Yeah. Wow, David Taylor. Some Kyle some Day, 4-0, then like lost 11-0, and then won 10-0 and 5-0. Wow, I was wrong. Dang, you're, you're like a real hardcore gambler, J.D. You got some, you, you know you're gambling. Sometimes, I don't know who wrote the, who used to write the odds, but sometimes I could tell that like they're not a real gambler. They don't really know about <laughs> the odds and the prop bets and everything else. I, I, so you got I enjoy. Some, you got some stuff in here. I enjoy putting some money down. Okay. Taking people's money. Yeah. Mm. Man, because sometimes I look at it, I'm like, oh, this is easy. And I'm looking at your bets, and I'm thinking about where am I going to put my money? And I'm not really sure right now. All right, so. Tough. There's tough ones. 57 kilos. We've got Thomas Gilman to win at minus 135. Thomas Gilman to medal at minus 500. Suleiman Atley to win at minus 145. Muleyev to win at minus 110. 
Sarlacc to win at plus 115, Toshia Abe to win at plus 160, and Erdenbot to win at plus 170. Um, I don't, I'm not going to bet any money on this weight class. I actually like Thomas Gilman to medal, but the negative 500 is, is just, uh, you know, if I only got a $1,000 to bet. And, yeah, the value's not there. I got to beat you two. I can't be betting on a negative five five hundred. You know, I mean, if it's just like me versus myself, and I want to make a few bucks, negative five hundred on on something that I think is almost a sure thing. I kind of like that bet, but given the fact that I have to beat you two, and I only have a limited amount of money, I'm not going to make that bet. I don't hate Abe at plus one sixty. I think a lot of people are underestimating him because we haven't seen him in quite some time. But this is the guy that beat Vito. In the twenty was that twenty nineteen junior world finals, mm-hmm. um, but then he's been behind uh, world Olympic medalists since, so he hasn't been able to really shine in Japan. Doesn't wrestle a lot besides Asians, yeah, and Worlds. I yeah, I, I, I was a slightly tempted to to think about the Erdenabot line, but I you know I he's just, he's not quite consistent enough for me to to feel good about him. Pulling the trigger there. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to bet on this weight either. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think I do think Gilman can win. It will win. But uh, I, I, yeah, it's not, I'm not 100 percent sure enough to to pull the trigger there. Thomas Gilman is, although he, by odds he's not here, but is probably the favorite. He'll be, you know, he won silver, but the fact that he wrestled so much better than we have ever seen him wrestle in Tokyo mm-hmm. makes me nervous going into the Worlds. It's, can he repeat that performance? Like, to, to be fair, yeah. that was an outlier performance from Thomas Gilman. Yeah. But if, but, if his, but if his trend is like this, and we don't know until we have another data point, if his trend is up and to the right, then he could have another performance. I mean, right? Maybe he legitimately yeah. got better. It, it is in that time period... I always think I was actually talking to an athlete about this last night. Like when you start implementing new skills into your repertoire, there's um, there's absolutely a uh, there's like a time lapse, right, where you're gonna almost get worse for a little while because you're just not good at them, and it's gonna take a while to click, and then all of a sudden, boom, your new stuff and your old stuff they all click together, and you take off, you know. So maybe that's what's gonna happen with him. I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm very curious to see how he performs. His Olympic performance was really outstanding. And I think part of that is the move to Penn State. He has been very vocal about how much that move helped him, the changes he's made to his training and life. And I think he's in a very good place, which makes me think he possibly can repeat that performance from Tokyo. But I'm still just hesitant to say, yes, he's going to for sure. I, I think that um, one of the things that – this is a weird year. It's such an outlier year because Olympics and Worlds are back-to-back. And I think one of the things that USA Wrestling did that's really, really smart that, you know, this is how colors how I think about Gilman. is like they made those guys decide are you in or out within a couple weeks of, of winning their Olympic medals. And for these guys, like all but Gable, they were in. And, and they've had, I think, time to really think about what this means. It's, it's legacy. It's all these things. Think about a lot of the rest of the world. And, and one of the reasons that we're not seeing a lot of Olympians back in is I think that they waited too long in there. Should I be in? Should I not? Whatever. And a lot of these teams were decided really late. All this stuff. I think Gilman not only 
do I feel good about how he looked in, in Tokyo, but also I feel good about how long he's had to focus on this as a new goal, a new way to add to his legacy. And so, I mean, I'm encouraged by his performance and by the fact that these guys have all known for a long time, for longer than, than a lot of the rest of the world has that they're in. Um, I, I feel really good about Gilman. Yeah. Agreed. Good enough to go. Minus one thirty-five. No bets. I'm saving some. I'm saving my money. I'm saving my money for some other couple other things going on. I, I already. Yeah. I think. I think. I, I've scrolled through here, and I think I know which ones I like. Um, we've got people in the chat. Larry still asking if this Japanese wrestler is related to the old one from Penn State from like the '90s. And to be honest, I have no Man. idea. That's a that's a big age difference. It would have to be like a nephew or, or something to that effect. And I I believe don't uh, listen. I'm not a Japanese expert. I believe Abe is a fairly common name in in Japan. Yeah. So. so it seems unlikely. There's also a lot of people in Japan, and especially if that's a popular name. But uh, two very good wrestlers. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sixty one kilograms. The official betting lines. Dayton fixed to win. Plus two sixty five, Dayton fix to medal minus one ninety five. Steven Micic to win. I this is I don't know if Micic is going to be there. Uh, Wait, I thought he was committed as of like we were talking about yesterday. Well, he committed to wrestle in Michigan. He hasn't. Oh, I thought someone said Worlds also. Okay, maybe. I, I mean, he's in the entries, and UWW has been fairly on top of. The entries, but it it seems strange that we haven't heard anything coming out of the Michigan camp, being like headed to Oslo or getting ready for Oslo or yeah anything. Um, they've been kind of silent. And I know Amin well, is I not going. I did see a picture of uh, well, you know who I saw a picture of from Michigan. It was Alex Deeringer and Malik Amin was there. I believe yes, Malik will is be there. Correct? Yes, yes, that's what makes yes, me think that Stevan is not going to be there. Um, mm. because if he's not in the picture. And that was kind of from Cliff Keen, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he's going to be uh-huh. there. But uh, so if you so put your money on your here, money it's void. You get your money back, but you don't win anything. Um, but Micic to win at plus three seventy five, and Micic to medal at plus one twenty two. Abaskazi Magomedov, the favorite from Russia, to win at minus two thirty three. Bekalam Tadzi to win at plus one ninety. I'm gonna. What's your this name? I'm just gonna call him Arson. Yeah. <laughs> the Arson Hartunian. Ar- the Arson right? Hartunian, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Hartunian to win at plus three hundred. And then Toshiro Hasigawa to win at plus four hundred. Not I'm I I you know, I'm only gonna make four bets. I got my I'm over here writing my bets down. I've been scrolling, I've been thinking hard. I am not gonna bet on this weight class. Um don't like the odds, uh, so I'm saving my money. I'm gonna put, I'm put a hundred bucks on Lumtazi to win, plus one ninety. Okay. I think I think he's one of the he's one of the more proven guys in the bracket, uh, and I really do think I really do think he's got a good shot. Uh, so so I'm putting a hundred on him. I wish I would have. Kind of done some. Why homework. are you putting all your money on uh, Abakadze? You love this guy. He's really freaking good. I've you said it well, yesterday, but 
He's good enough that where he got the Saj Live treatment, where he didn't have to wrestle off for his spot. Mm-hmm. They didn't even do that for Nefanov, the Olympic bronze medalist. That's how highly. Now, also, there wasn't a direct challenger like Karugliev at his weight. Yeah. But I mean, still, Russia's got guys at the 57, 61, maybe cut down from 65 range uh, that are good. But they were just like, nope, Abbaskazi, you get it, even though you haven't even wrestled in the senior world championships. Yeah. So you bet him all your money then? All $1,000? <laughs> no, I I don't like... Minus 233 makes it tough. It is tempting. I'll put 50 bucks down on him. Ah, I guilted you into that one. <laughs> I know. Uh... All I'm right. going to see how much money I can get J, uh, JD to bet on the Russians. I am very easy. I, I, I got my America shirt very on. easy. Yes, you do. You put 50. I'm, put, I'm writing these down. You put 50 on. on uh, I got my uh, uh, right Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Wow. Dayton, Dayton Fix, plus 265. You got your USA sweatshirt and you're not even going to take him. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, th- I thought about betting Dayton, but we just haven't seen him beat anyone on that level so i'll give you a, a i'm gonna bet a little bit just a little bit on yanni on the next weight and he is a uh, plus 225 we've seen yanni beat some we've seen him beat uh muzakaya olympic medalist we've seen him beat bajrang olympic medalist i mean we've seen him beat some really good guys Kinchy he's obviously really... had some performances that yeah. yeah that don't match up to that level but he had he's also shown that dayton hasn't shown us that just quite yet um unless there's someone i'm forgetting about i don't remember at anyone at the senior level that dayton beat that was like a top three guy. Hey, we might have some breaking news here from Stephen Davis in the chat. I'm not exactly sure who Stephen Davis is. Uh, Braden Davis's dad. That Bra- Okay. He says, He's we were at U of M this past weekend on a visit. Michic not going to Worlds. Yeah. There Thanks for breaking that news. Appreciate that. <laughs> that is good. Got to t- Yeah, we got a t- chance to talk to Stephen Davis at who's number one. That was fun. On catching up with him. Brayton looked amazing at who's number one. Yes. All right, moving on to 65 kilos. Yanni to win at plus 225. Yanni to medal, minus 195. Zagir Shakayev to win, the Russian, minus 186. Tavanian to win, minus 105. Ali Ramadzi, Ramzade to win, plus 122. The Mongolian Tumar Icher to win plus five sixty seven, Little Yazdani to win plus six hundred, and Alejandro Valdez the Cuban to win at plus eight hundred. All right, I'm going. I'm going hundred bucks on Yanni. Uh, he will be the only uh, plus money that I that I bet. Um, you know, what I was thinking, and I'm sorry, I'm picking him to win. Okay. Um, Keith Goddard said this in the chat, but if I could do a parlay, I would love a little parlay action. But yeah. I know we can't calculate the odds that fast. Those are really hard to calculate those odds. Yeah. <laughs> you need like an online Let's calculator that does it automatically. But We should, JD, maybe you and I can go business together. We can make a real wrestling gambling site. People okay. would love that because there's nowhere to gamble on wrestling. Let's just do it. Uh, I'm sure that's very easy to do, you know, legally and everything. But yeah, especially here in Texas, ah, no problem, where Bubba. there's no gambling. But you could do whatever you want in Texas. Not gamble. Else. It's shockingly <laughs> surprising and 
unfortunate that you cannot legally gamble like at all in Texas. Hmm. It's supposed to be the Wild West out here. That is that is kind of strange. Yeah. It's bizarre. They lock us down on that. Yeah. Got to go up to Oklahoma. So, But you, there's a lot of gambling in uh, well, Oklahoma and Louisiana, correct? Yes. Yeah. You can gamble over there? So you can Unfortunately, go, go, Austin's go pretty much right in the middle. <laughs> so we'll go to Louisiana and we'll form a wrestling gambling website. Nah, I'm in. Not a bad idea. And we'll take everybody's money. All you people listening at home will take your money. Okay, I, I'm not putting any money down on this. Um, I think Yanni does get a medal. Uh, plus 225 just isn't enticing enough for me to think he wins. <clears throat> Minus 195 isn't a high enough payout, in my opinion. Um, Shakaev's my pick to win, but I'm not even confident in him enough at surprise, minus 186. Surprise. So I'm avoiding this weight. Cool. Let's go to the next one. Bray? I'm no, I'm not betting on, on sixty five. I'm I'm saving my bets for later. Seventy's interesting though. Seventy kilograms, James Green to win, plus two thirty three. James Green to medal, minus one forty. Zerbeev to win, minus one sixty three. Godziev to win, minus one oh five. That dude's annoying. Let's hope he doesn't win. <laughs> He he is very annoying, but he's pretty good. Can I take us on a tangent real quick? Go for I it. watched some old matches. I watched some old matches. I started watching. I don't even know why, but I clicked on a Mavlo Batirov match. He's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I watched him versus Alan Dudayev. Dude, they tried. This is this, this. We'll say this is the old UWW or uh, what do they call that? Fila. Fila. They tried screwing Dudayev so bad it was freaking mind blowing. So somehow, some way, I think they had a, a weighted coin flip. They went to the coin flip all three periods, and and uh, Batirov won it three three periods in a row. Okay, so how how sketch is that? But then in the first period, he gets to the single leg, and they go he goes knee down, and Batirov was not even close to capturing the other hip or leg, and they gave him a point. It was it was so bad, and then somehow Dudayev wins defensively the clinch in the second period, and the third period. Same thing happens. They freaking gave him the point on the like single leg, which wasn't even close to a takedown. It was nonsense, and they like he like wanted to throw a fit, and I thought there was gonna be a riot, and then uh, and then they waved it off. It was really weird. They're like, no, actually, it's not a point. We're lying, and then they wrestled, and he won two periods to one. But Batir, I believe Batirov was the Olympic representative, so maybe they said they screwed him in the back room, anyways. Yeah, maybe. I I do like. Yamarov a lot as well. In fact, mm-hmm. I put some money down on him here. But who? By, uh, how do you say his name? Byram- Byramov? By- yeah, Byramov. I was talking about Mavla Batirov. Like yeah. way, oh, way Batirov. I'm talking about like 2005. <laughs> I'm hey. talking about some old, old stuff. Hey, you know, I, talking about Mavla Batirov, um, he he's the guy that that Mike Zadik had to beat to get to the mm-hmm. finals, the World Finals in 06. And Mavlo Batirov won the coin toss after like after the first period. Zadik defended, and that's how he won the first period. And then and then I think yes. I can't remember the second period, but I think I think Zadik maybe ended up with the with the 
it might have gone to a, I no maybe he got a straight takedown in the second period but that was that's a that's a I massive think it was like yeah one oh one oh or something like that um yeah Zadok was one of the better guys in America against the clinch like deep from a defensive aspect yeah do you think he would have been as good in today's rules it's hard that's to know man to say. I mean it's hard to know he was really good at winning those close like one o's and two ones and Stuff like that. That was that was a three period system, um, and obviously we didn't have a lot any other sixties at that point in time. Having you know, and we had still to this day, uh, you know, sixty. I guess sixty didn't become sixty five, but kind of that sixty sixty six kind of meshed together. Um, we haven't had a ton of world medalists down at that weight class. The weight class is. I think it's so. I I feel bad like. For those guys, for I mean, for you know your your generation of guys that wrestled in that era, because like evaluating whether or not you would have had success in this era, it's hard to do because you had to train yourself to win those kinds of matches, those weird like yes. you know like okay, let's all right, let's if this guy's better than me, let's just force it to the clinch and then see what happens. And it's like Seriously. I don't know, it sucks to have to like train so much time was that. spent, and there there was almost there was no almost no parterre because the periods were really short. People would play the edge, right? There was not a lot of parterre. Um, you had to train, like really kind of train for the sprint because there was a decent chance the match was only going to be four minutes, right? If you go, if you win two, two, two in a row, there are uh, two minute period, two minute period, so it's only four minutes. There's such a high likelihood of someone having to win a clinch. So you spend so much time offensively and defensively in that, in that one position. And then in all fairness, even once you train there in that position, it's still so skewed to the one direction, but it's like. You can't just give up and say, well, it's, it's skewed one direction. Let's not even bother with this because you have you really have to be there because of the rule set. So, yeah, it was a, it was a bad rule set. I mean, it probably, I don't know. I, I want to say it affected, every, I, you know, I hate blaming things on the rule set. It affected everyone evenly, but at the same time, the Russians are not known for their cardio. And we've seen how many times now in the last year we've seen uh, Russians or, or Soviets wrestling for other countries that – kind of really gas out in that minute five and minute six. And a lot of times we didn't get minute five and minute six because it was over. Yeah. And even if you did, there had been two breaks scheduled in between and uh, it's just like yeah. totally different. You know who's great at it? Jake Varner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jake Varner would be yeah. like, oh, I'd take you down once and then you never take me down. <laughs> I win 1-0-1-0. Uh, yeah, or one sure. one 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 How much money did you put on... Byramov. Yeah, how much? Fifty bucks. Man, you're saving up for something. I know. <laughs> I just I don't know what yet. I'm literally playing this weight by weight. I might end up going back and placing money. No, you can't go back. You're much yeah, money's you down. Back. Your money's down. No, no. no yes, we are not if we get to the you. end and you Dude, know I have. Once you click the bet button, JD, it's done. It's I know. Gone. No, I'm not going back and changing these bets. I'm saying if we get to the end and it's like, oh, I still have. Four hundred dollars oh, to spend. Left. I'm not going to put oh, four hundred dollars on heavyweight, got it, or a team race. I might end up going back and loosen up. But I know seventy's tough. But but plus two thirty three for James Green to win. I'm going to put some money on James Green. He's, that, that would be fun. And then you know you're rooting for James. Yes, the that's whole what time. I want. I want to pay money to get excitement out of James Green doing what I think he can, which is win this bracket. He's been close. He's picked up a world silver. He's made the finals before. I'm putting 100 on James Green. To win, not to medal. To win, two thirty plus 233. Lace, not man, Lace man gets paid, I get paid. <laughs> we all win. Ben, you take an action? Nope. Not nope. one of my four. I have four bets, and this is not one of them. 
All right, 74 kilos. Kyle Dake to win, minus 325. Now, here's where things get a little fun. We, we got some kind of some prop bets, some over-unders. Over-under, how many time, how many points Kyle Dake gives up? The line right now, 4.5. It's minus 110 if you take the over, minus 115 if you take the under. The field, not Kyle Dake to win, minus 100. Tamir Bozoev to win plus 375. Solkazanov plus 426. Kinchadze to win plus 666. I saw, I saw he's the that devil. line. <laughs> yeah, what? What are you, devil what are you think of this guy? Why'd you put the 666 on him? <laughs> Where are we putting our money? I mean, not betting on this weight. I mean, Kyle Diggs a huge favorite. Uh, and the reason I'm not betting on him is because there was something that was completely unexpected happening at the Olympics. I did not expect that performance from the other guy. Uh, I did not expect Kyle Day to give 11 points. And given that he's this much of a favorite, I need to be pretty damn comfortable that that's going to happen. And I'm, and I'm not right now because of what happened in the Olympics. JD, are you putting money on Ken Chadzi and hoping on a little help from the dark arts? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yes. I'm also... Don't hate the Sokolzanov line. Um, I don't think he wins, but at plus 426, this is a guy that uh, his most recent loss was to Kadimega Medov, the guy that beat Dake, and he has wins at, at Euros. He went completely bonkers, beat Chimizo, Kinchadze, and Zamalov, uh, the... Maybe the second best Russian 74 kilo guy. Um, so. You gonna do it or what? Yeah, what the heck? How much? Toss 50 <laughs> down on him. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Sakazanov. And I'm going. Kyle Dake and. under. Under total points. Um, give me fifty on that as well. Okay, man, you're really you're really sprinkling your bets out here with the fifty dollars here, fifty dollars there. I know, I know. It it's because I don't. There's not one that I really like that I'm like, yes, put a bunch of money on this one, and then you know, gives me something besides maybe just an American to root for at a lot of weights. Mm-hmm. All right, 79 kilos. Jordan Burroughs to win, minus 250. The field, or not Jordan Burroughs, to win, minus 113. Valiev to win, plus 257. Kinchadze to win, plus 400. Gulev to win, plus 750. And Umar Pasheyev to win, plus 750 as well. Um, I really highly consider betting on Jordan Burroughs. And the reason I did not was he's just a little bit more uh, more of a favorite than David Taylor and Jaden Cox, where I'm going to put a decent portion of my money. Uh, I think there's a really good chance he wins. Um, and I, I really consider betting him, but I, don't, I actually don't like spreading out my bets as much as you, J.D. I, I really kind of like to keep them concentrated. Uh, so I only have four bets. So that kind of makes me kind of lame for the show, but I think uh, Burroughs is going to win here. I just He's a little more of a favorite, so I didn't bet on him. Burrow's absolutely my pick, um, and maybe I shouldn't be worried about the leg, but I am enough 
to where mm, I don't want to put too. money on him. You know, maybe he's feeling good, and then it gets aggravated in match one. Now, obviously, Jordan Burrow's tough SOB, even at not 100%. I think he wins this weight, but there's still just too much unknown for me to be throwing money around, even virtual money. Yeah. I just don't, virtual I just don't like the odds that much. Like I you know, the payoff's not, not that great. But I think Jordan Burroughs wins. Nope, yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that leg. <laughs> He's the leg's good. Totally. All right. Eighty six kilos, David Taylor to win, minus two hundred. Yazdani to win, plus one fifty. Now we got some kind of fun David Taylor Yazdani bets. If they ha- if it happens, it has to happen. Or the bets void. But the spread for Taylor Yastani, minus two and a half points, Taylor's the favorite. If Taylor covers, minus 120 is to pay out. If Yastani covers, minus 110 is to pay out. Over under total points in Taylor Yastani at eight and a half. Over is minus 150, under minus 135. Does David Taylor finish every opponent early prior to the finals? Yes is plus 122. No is minus 186. David Taylor over under number of pins at 0.5. So basically, does he get a pin or not? Is Ooh, that I line? Didn't see that bet. Hold on. What's that? What's that line? Oh. And the payouts. If you pick the over, it's minus 115. The under is minus 100. The field, not David Taylor or mm. Yazdani, to win at plus 400. Nifanov to win plus 614. Man, the the David Taylor, the, the likely David Taylor gets a pin is pretty good. So that actually, you kind of made me want to bet that line. But man, freestyle, there's just you know, there's such a chance that he gets a trap arm or a leg lace or something finishes instead of pinning them. He he does get a lot of pins compared to other wrestlers in freestyle, but it's actually not like a crazy amount of falls. Let me see if I can find. I don't think he's done it in a world championship or in hmm. world or Olympics. I think he has just been like tech fall or win by points. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go David Taylor to win for $300. I think he is beating Yazdani three times in a row now. I think Yazdani will be competitive. I think he figured out the last strategy. If this coach changes his strategy, it's going to be worse. The, the last strategy he had was the best strategy he can have. Um, so I hope he I hope he tries a different strategy because I don't think it's going to work as well. And, that, you know, that coach said the strategy just wasn't right. But he's the coach is an idiot if he really thinks that because the strategy that Yazdani wrestled was the perfect strategy to beat David Taylor. So I hope they change their strategy, which will make it even less competitive. I'm picking David Taylor, betting $300 on it at negative 200. You going 300? Yes. I'll go 400. Bucks. Four hundred. Oh, there's my big boy. Is he out of? Is this guy out of money yet? He's he's got he's only at six hundred bucks. He's got four hundred to spend. Got it, dude. I mean, maybe I should have gotten less. I don't know. Well, David Taylor uh-huh. to, to finish every opponent early pr- prior to the finals at plus one twenty two is like that's uh oh is it prior to the finals that's. That's the safest bet. I'm taking. I'm putting. Oh, like, I'm putting 500 bucks on. But it. remember, he will have Nafano. I was in the semis. Nope, Nafano's on the other side. Yeah, I thought they were right. one and four. I'll... I think they're one and three, right? Am I misremembering that? I think so. I'm taking. I'm taking a plus 122. I'm. Ta- I'm putting 500 bucks on that. 
Wow, Jay. Oh, man, Bray, that's a that's a solid bet right there. Dang it. I don't know how I missed that one. Well, you, he didn't do it at the Olympics. I could. Yeah, but I, I still think he's going to. He's got no Miles Amin to deal with. He teched Miles. <laughs> he did tech Miles Amin at the Olympics. Oh, who did he? Who did he not? It finish? was Colombia. <laughs> oh, he beat him by nine. I'm taking. I'm putting five hundred bucks. Who did on he that. beat by nine? Uh, wasn't it? It was his first round opponent, wasn't it? I thought he tech fold him. Uh, let's see, two zero two one Olympic. Where are these damn brackets at? Oh, he did. He, he did tech him, dude. Yeah, I thought he teched him. Yeah, so putting five hundred bucks on that. That's a safe bet in my opinion. I'm taking it. That's a good bet. I can't wait. David Taylor wrestles day one, so I'm going to have a bunch of extra money to make more bets on days two and three. <laughs> you can't, that's not how it works. You can't re-bet. I'm just going to reinvest. It's an investment strategy. You know, Take all my winnings, dump it into something something big on the last day. No, I know you can't do that, but I'm going to win some money on that bet. Yeah. All right. 92. Jaden Cox to win. Minus 233. Jaden Cox to make the finals. Minus three fifty, gas and port to win, plus one fifty, Kurbanov to win, plus one seventy five, and Baronowski to win, plus nine fifty. That's the guy. If you don't remember, that beat Jaden in Poland. Yeah, uh, I'm going Jaden Cox, three hundred dollars. Uh, he's just a slightly more of a less of a favorite than Jordan Bros is. Uh, so I'm trying to maximize my money here. I man. I don't know what happened with the Polish guy. I think the likelihood that that happens again is extremely small. Uh, I'm going Jaden Cox to back on track. The gas and poor line is actually tempting to me at positive money. Um, Jaden's my pick. I think I'm going to avoid this weight. Yeah, I'm not making a bet on this one, although I, I think Jaden's easy pick. Easy pick for me. All right, next weight then. Next weight. Let me get back to them. Oh, that's the JD spending the rest of his money on Sajalayev. <laughs> Kyle Snyder to win, plus 150. Sajalayev to win, minus 233. Kyle Snyder versus Sajalayev spread. The spread is Sajalayev, minus 2.5. Sajalayev, minus 110. Snyder, 115, minus 115. Over under total points. Nine and a half. The over is at minus 110. The under, minus 115. Over under number of points. Sajal Live gives up before the finals at three and a half. The over, minus 115. The under, minus 125. And the field, not Kyle Snyder or Sajal Live to win plus 450. Uh, I can't bet on a Russian. I just don't want to, although I think Sajal Live at the money he's at is, is a pretty solid bet. Um, all the other ones I think are, are kind of risky. Like I don't really like them for the value. Um, I don't like the over under. I don't like the spread. Uh, Cause I could see it going either way very easily. Um, and then I don't like the number of points stage life gives up before the finals. Cause you know, he could give up a late takedown, just kind of eh, whatever, a couple times. And you know, that, that would equal four points. So I don't like any of those. And then obviously I'm not, I'm not betting against Rashid. The fact that Sedge Live or Snyder wouldn't win is like that's worth like plus a thousand or plus fifteen hundred. So that's something really a large amount. I was I was tempted to to get take the under on points Sedge Live gives up before the finals, 
because I mean, I, th I was thinking about the Olympics, but I mean, it's a world championship bracket, so it it could be bigger. Still although this will be this will be a smaller year than most years. But given the fact that like a higher percentage of the Olympians are back at ninety seven compared to other weights, but I, I probably have leading up to the finals four, three or four matches. Yeah, but if he gives up just like two takedowns, or you know, then or or two if he in. if he gives up a, a takedown and like two shot clock points, I mean, it's I know he doesn't give those up much because he yeah. he moves guys around the map, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 not I'm not betting on this weight. He gave up I think zero leading up to the finals in the Olympics. Yeah. But seeing the takedown he gave up to Snyder, like that's a takedown he could have given up to almost anybody. Like um I've got a comfortable lead. I'm fine. All right, I'll give up this takedown real quick. Like Yeah, most know. people aren't Kyle Snyder either though. That's true. Most people are not Kyle Snyder. Um I think you're gonna bet on that. I'm thinking about it. Um, minus 125, though. I might take some action on the the total points. I'm, I'm going to go over. JD spent? I think JD spent on like 2,000 bucks. It's because I've just <laughs> done like 50s. On everything. I've done one that hasn't been 50, right? Only got, you've only spent 600 bucks so far. Give me 50 on over total points in the Snyder Such Live. Okay. Over total points on Snyder Sagilayev. Okay. That's interesting. Really? 9.5. Well, I, I feel like if, if Kyle Snyder's listening to FRL and he's listening to my strategy advice, he's going to try to make it a real slow match uh, and try to go that route to, to beat uh, Sagilayev. And which I think probably... Sagilayev will not be super offensive once again. Um, I think he'll try and sell it down, but I still think he maybe shoots once or twice more. They scored nine points yeah. in the Olympic final. So I, I, I'm basically putting my money down on this. One more point is scored. What happens if it's a, if there's a fall? I mean, it probably won't happen again, but... A push. Okay. We'll All right. You're taking the over. Okay. All right. 125. Nick Kwiatkowski to win at plus 488. Kwiatkowski to medal, though, at minus 110. Akul to win minus 155. Petrishvili to win minus 100. Zare to win plus 194. And then Munkter to win at plus 456. Munkter? How about you say his first name? Look at that. LKH. I'll dig myself for that one. There's an L and a K and an H all stacked up next to each other. Seriously, how's that even possible? Yeah. It's breaking the laws of physics. <laughs> uh, I'm not betting on this weight. Yeah, me neither. Sorry, it's a little tempting at plus 194, but I mean, he just lost. Dude, but... So. Yeah, he, he did just lose, but man, he, he was right there. He's got the... He's got the He's got the path to victory uh, against Petriashvili. He's beat Petriashvili in the past. He's he's walked Gwizdowski around the mat twice. Um, so I'm putting 100 on Zare. You, you love Zare, by the way. I there do, was a time where you could not stop bringing up that Mason Paris beat him. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's it's a huge huge thing. Um, I yeah, I the, dude, the guy is the guy is incredible. He's he's younger than Gable by like. A minute, but I mean, he's Zarius. Yeah, he's that. he's got like wow. he's he's either yeah. I think he's just like a little bit, maybe a month or two younger. Um, he's got a ton of upside. 
I think that's a good bet. I mean, I mean, hundred bucks. Sorry to win at plus one ninety four. Those are those are good odds. I'll take that. And then lastly, the team bets. Here we go. Team USA to win minus one twenty. Team Russia to win minus one fifty. Team USA over under total medals. Put the line at seven and a half. Over is minus one ten. Under is minus one fifty. Team USA over under total gold medals. Three and a half over minus one fifty under minus one hundred five. Uh, I'm going my last three hundred dollars on good old US and Day, so that's my thousand dollars. I got a hundred dollars on Yanni, three hundred on David, three hundred on Jaden, three hundred on USA. USA to win. And where I really would have, I really would have loved to bet like a couple fifty dollar bets if you guys would have uh, allowed me, JD. On I would have went a couple different ways. I would have went. A whole lot Yanni, uh, Dake, JB, DT, uh, Jaden, and USA to win. Oh yeah, that that that's a big money one right that, there. That would be a big payout went, because there's that a would lot be of a risk. gigantic payout. Yeah, it would be a gigantic payout. Um, and then I would have uh, I would have done like some smaller versions of that. You know, where instead of betting that's six of them, you know, you take Yanni out and then maybe take a couple other guys out. Yeah, um, for the. Uh, yeah, I, I really like. I've won some big, big bets on um, stuff like that before. Yeah, parlays are fun. Uh, parlays like, are so much fun. I like parlays too. Yeah, there was a um, while where I would bet like that. I don't want to say the whole fight card, but a good portion. You know, like throw ten dollars on it and then yeah. bet like seven or eight fights. And you know, if you win, it's like you win like four hundred dollars or something to that effect. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. The the under, unfortunately, under total medals is tempting for me for Team USA. Yeah, that, so that kind like of is, if uh, if I'm just predicting, also. I've got seven halves a lot of freaking medals. Exactly, I've got. But if you think about it, though, I've got Gilman medaling, Dayton medaling, Yanni medaling, James Green. Oh, then you're going medaling. I basically, I think at nine and 74, 79, Well, that was everybody except Quiz. 92. You're going to do the no Quiz also, like uh, Like Kozak. That's nine. That that even leaves like one. Okay, one person, one of those doesn't medal. It's still above the seven and a half. But, but I did this with the Olympics too, where it's just like, we can't win that many medals. And then we did. But then we did. No, we did. Um, Boom. But, like, say Dayton, so say Gwiz doesn't medal, what is the likelihood that two of Yanni, James Green, um, Dayton don't medal? And then somebody else, also Fluke, doesn't medal. Yeah. Yeah. Three. I, I feel like there is a decent chance. I mean, there's still, it's not a big chance, but there's a chance Gilman. There's a chance Fix. There's a chance Yanni, James Green, and Gwizdowski. Now, the other ones I feel fairly Especially with about, the but if we're do, Yeah. If we're going to do percentage chances, there is a percentage chance that even even one of our best guys doesn't medal some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. So I feel, I feel like seven and a half is a lot. I think there's a chance we get eight. Uh, I'm just going to go for 10 because I'm a homer, but uh, <laughs> I think seven and a half is pretty high. 
What are you doing? How much money do I have Put left? Your head. Come you on. got three. You got three fifty. <laughs> you got three hundred fifty bucks left. All right, I'll, I'll go full Russian heel for all you listeners, and I'll do fifty. Actually, I'm going to hedge myself. I'll do fifty on Team USA to win. Fifty to on the under total medals. It's probably not smart because it's not a proper payout. Whatever, like I'm basically losing money when I do that. You're you're going the under. You're taking the under on total medals. Under on total U.S. medals. Okay, yeah, just under on the under U.S. medals. So you, you're not picking them to win. Not, not Team USA to win. Okay, fifty on uh, the under. Okay, well, just losing me three hundred bucks. I got to put somewhere. You got three hundred bucks somewhere. Um, I have, I have. Uh, let's see, how much money do I have? I have two hundred bucks left, and I'm putting my two hundred dollars on the over for total number of gold medals for Team USA. I, I mean, I think just like I feel pretty safe that we're gonna get four, and that's I'm thinking Burroughs, Dake, Taylor, Jaden, and then we've got guys who can win in Snyder, who could, you know, he could beat Sedge Live. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pick it, but he could. James Green could win this bracket. I mean, Yanni could win the bracket. Gilman's the favorite, so mm-hmm. give me the give me the under at at minus one fifty, or excuse me, give me the over at, at minus one fifty um, for for my last uh, two hundred bucks. For my last three hundred, I like that bet. That's not a that's a good bet. What are you gonna do, JD? Team Rush. I'm going dollars. David Taylor finishes everybody early. Yeah, that bet. Um, I was hesitant on that one because I thought Nifonov was going to be on the same side, but yeah, if he's not, he's probably finishing everybody early. Okay, leading up to the finals. All right, I can't wait. I can't wait to rake in this money this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We need. We need to. Uh, what? What's uh the loser have to do? Or what does the winner have to do? I, you know what? The bet I really like. I like anytime push-ups. That's what I like. Oh, so push-ups like, is fun. But anytime push-ups, like you, no, you anytime you, push-ups. Yeah. So you're like walking around Super Thirty Two, and you're like, oh, okay. You're coaching somebody in the corner at Super Thirty Two. You're doing commentary Super Thirty Two finals. You get a text. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't hate that. Doesn't make for the best push-ups. Radio, he can divisible by five, so you can make him do five, ten, however you want. Well, okay. divisible by five goes up pretty high. No, no, no. There's 20, 20. push-ups, but you can oh, split oh. it up into as many 20. as four times, so you can't do one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. All right. Um, deal. Sure. I'm in. Virtual shake. Are you guys going to be a Super 32? Oh, yeah. Yes. Us oh, yeah. and okay. Spay. Spay, Andy Hamilton. And Andy Hamilton. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of Andy Hamilton, he and Kyle Klingman were at Iowa yesterday just – Talking to most of those yeah, guys. Yeah, check into the awesome site. Stuff. There's going to be some good stuff. It was Iowa media. It was full on Iowa media days. It wasn't media no. day. They just went down and, and talked to a bunch of guys. And I mean, cool. I, yeah, they had they had Tom Brands and Terry Brands each on on camera for about an hour. Um, so wow, be a lot of good stuff coming out of that relatively soon. So I'm excited. The I can't even imagine. Also, the intensity with what those was held throughout those hours. Yeah. of the Brands interviews. Yeah, it's. Man, it's it's through the roof. Can't wait. Mm. All right. Should we get to some voicemails and questions and yes, whatnot? Yes, let's do it. I love All the right. voicemails. Uh, hey, people, you can send us voicemails. JD, you got to give the number. Yeah. Uh, What's the, the number? 
the number. Hold on. Let me. I don't know it off the top of my head yet. I probably. Uh oh. You should, should learn that number. Pull it up here. I can't One wait second. to get. I, I, I put it. I put it in the description of every um, podcast we do oh, on. Okay. So if if you listen to this, or if you go click on click it on the website, you can see it too, just in the description. It's five one five five zero nine five zero seven one. Five one five five zero nine five zero seven one. We got some pretty good ones um, this week. I'm not. Let's start with Doug from Illinois called in. I don't remember UNCP had a question about dispersing weight on planes. And he is a pilot, and he's going to answer for us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hold on. Wait, pause. So, funny enough, when I was in Austin, um, my buddy's girlfriend was a private jet uh, pilot. And then I, I, I literally asked her at dinner that it was Thursday night. And then I asked her at dinner on Thursday night when CP brought it up. And she started showing me plane crashes from them just put, not putting the weight in the right place. So, really? it was very scary. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what Doug says. Also, Blake Plan uh, wrote in or emailed me about it, um, saying he was a pilot. Uh, but uh, sorry, Blake, your email was way too long, and I, I, I just didn't that. the voicemail <laughs> is much to better. This voicemail. All right. <laughs> Finally, some answers from friends. You know, I was right. from Chicago. There we go. I am a wrestling fan and a pilot. Answering your question about why people have to move on planes. Every airplane, regardless of size, has a center of gravity point, or CG as it's known. It's typically about one-third of the distance back from the leading edge of the wing to the trailing edge of the wing. When that airplane's certified, the FAA approves a CG range, which is plus or minus some number of inches from that CG point. So when you load the plane, think of it like a teeter-totter you've got to put the weight in a location so that it doesn't go forward or aft of that CG range. And the farther you are from the CG, such as the back of the plane, it has a bigger impact. So on a small plane in particular where the passenger weight is a higher percentage of the total weight, uh, it's a little bit more sensitive, and that's why people are asked to move sometimes. Boom. You know what? This I flew with this dude. This is the only time I've been on a private plane. What is Oh, I believe that's Doug Wagner. That's who it sounds like to me. Um From Chicago? He's from Chicago. He I met him at the Kenosha Airport. We flew down to Rudis. We had to talk to them about some stuff. Um and his son came to my camp a couple times. He's he's a pretty solid kid. Well there you go. I mean also Boom. I'm glad fun. he knows about balance and weights because I wasn't trying to die. <laughs> <laughs> A while back, I watched the Leonard Skinner documentary on Netflix, and let me say, I hope I never get in a plane crash. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you think? I, think I, I, sh- I, I share that hope. I don't think about it very often. I don't either. But uh, have you have a bunch you been of them died in a plane crash? As an Iowan, have you been to uh, to the to the spot outside of Clear Lake where Buddy My Holly and all them? My grandparents actually used to go to the memorial, like. Sing every year. Yeah. So yeah. Have you been the, to the crash the, the site? The day the music died. The yeah. The day the music died. I have not though. Have no. you been there, Ben? You're you're from Iowa. I have no, no, no I have not. I've... Everyone Stop. knows you're from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's crazy that you you that you could get a map or like a like directions and it's like it's it's like drive down this dirt road, drive down this dirt road, look for the seventh fence post, take a left. You're like literally walking through a cornfield. I went in the summer, so the corn was like above our heads. All of a sudden, yeah. you just 
boom, there's this little spot they keep like, you know, the, the corn doesn't grow there. They keep it mowed or whatever. Right there. Buddy Holly died. Right. Yeah. There. And there's like, there's like people, <laughs> you know, put up, you know, painted gold records in, in memory of them and all this stuff. And, you know, you can go right there. In that uh, Leonard Skinner documentary, they had some guy who's like a historian about it, lives in the area. And I was walking around and I don't know if it was scripted or not, but he found some plane. Little plane. Dang, you're a cra- you're this. So I'm reading. I'm not reading about the. So Waylon Jennings was scheduled to be on the flight. Yeah, but he and he he didn't go. And then uh, two other guys, uh, Richie Valens, won the coin toss to be on the flight. Congrats! And he was only 17 and he died. Yep. Jeez. So crazy. Fire by La Bamba, you know. <laughs> yeah. Leave it, Bray. Um. So yeah, the 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 um. The video that the woman showed me who was the commercial pilot, she it was a cargo plane and a cargo uh, uh, strap snapped and it was holding something really heavy and so the the weight moved you know, and the plane went like blew up. It was crazy. They had it all on camera. Dang. All yeah. right. Well, I don't ever plan on being on a cargo plane, so don't do I think it. I'm good. All right, next email from our friend Keith Gothard, who we hear from every day, thankfully. Um, he had some questions about Iowa's women's conference alignment and whatnot. Hey, guys. Keith Gothard, number one FRL fan from <laughs> Illinois. Quick question, real wrestling question, not some bullshit. We all know that Iowa's going to add women's Division One wrestling. Probably tomorrow you're going to announce it. From what I from what I can tell, are they the automatic um, Big Ten conference champions? <laughs> second question is who's going to be the second Division One women's program? And the third question is if they're not in the Big Ten, see they're a Pac-12 women's team. Would there be two separate conferences? Are they going to lump all women's Division One wrestling into one conference until it grows? I'm just confused how this is going to work. Hmm. Have a good night. It's morning. We'll take. We'll take. I'll take a stab at it. Um, I don't believe the Big Ten will recognize women's wrestling if there's only one team. Uh, I I would venture to guess they go into some type of regional system until the conferences get more filled out. As we mentioned last week, there's already two other Division One teams. There's Presbyterian and what we said, Sacred Heart. Is that yep. correct? And officially, think, and then Lock Haven and Arizona State, like they have a couple have girls on teams. Team. Yeah. They, have, they have a couple women on their rosters. Which, by the way, is not that. That's not just like a. In, in many cases, not just a symbolic gesture. When you see that, like they have to. We talked yesterday about roster caps and stuff. They actually, if some, if you're putting a woman on your roster, that's one less male athlete that can be on your roster. So it's a real, I mean, that is a real commitment, even though it looks like, it doesn't look like it necessarily is. I mean, if you go to Arizona State, we were talking about it <clears throat> yesterday with Munoz or whatever, who is at Oregon State. We did get confirmation yes. on that. But um, it says like woman's wrestling roster. Mm-hmm. And then has, I can't remember her name, but. Yeah, and then the yeah. men's roster um, is separate. I, I would venture to guess that uh, Arizona State it might be a, a good bet for who's going to be next. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a good bet. They obviously have a lot of women 
or some woman that trained there at Sunkiss mm-hmm. too as well. I know Oklahoma State is interested as well. Um, and Jakarta actually is training there right now. She's been training there since the Olympics. Um, they Hopefully it would be awesome if they could get a team soon mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think those two teams are are the ones that I know of that have like you know they're they're taking steps. They're they've explored it. I think those two would be would be two that I would I would think probably by the end of twenty twenty two would would announce. I would that's that's what I would think. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. You know, everybody's talking about the first domino. Well, just how many dominoes actually do fall in the next couple of years? Mm-hmm. Luckily. Uh, there's at least a couple of years because Iowa said 23, 24 mm-hmm. was their first the first season they want to go. Yeah. yeah, so a couple of years to figure it out and get some hopeful potential Power Five Division One opponents. But one of the things too, like that that is important, I think, to point out about Keith's question about conferences is that for women's wrestling, I don't think that that the same emphasis will be put on a conference tournament that it is for men's NCAA wrestling. Like if you look at women's wrestling schedules right now around the country like the usa wrestling calendar is like built into these women's wrestling schedules which is awesome because then you have you know you have the university actually like you know planning to fund those trips to those usa wrestling events on the calendar and it's not like just this really concentrated calendar i don't think it'll emphasize duels as much i don't think it'll emphasize a conference tournament as much i think it'll instead of saying like you know who's the best Big Ten team at Big Ten championships, or they may, that maybe happen, will happen down the road, but they'll be more interested in like how did we fare against other Big Ten teams at junior junior world team trials and at senior world team trials and things like that. So um, I just think it'll be a very different structure, and I think that's a good thing. Like now, pe- when people are on one side or the other of the of the RTC debate on the men's side of things, it's because they're dividing resources, you know, and and like it's like do yes. you want to put a lot of em- emphasis in raising funds to get you guys good at freestyle or to have senior level athletes around and training or you know emphasize raising money for your folk style program women's wrestling won't have to make that distinction like it's we're raising one one amount of money and there probably will be money to get keep senior level athletes around but it's all for that same yeah. goal of moving towards the olympics yeah as we got Colin Rabuto in the chat of Italy. What's Colin saying? Plus 500 Italy, over 0.5 medals. Are you taking it? Yes. Is Chimizo there? No. Neither is Kanyedo, right? He is there. Oh. Mm. Olympic medalist. Interesting. He wants Plus to- Robuto. Plus Robuto, yeah. You know. But I'll take that. Plus 500. I already spent my money. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm yeah, he my yeah, he's a, he's a plant. He's a plant. You had him put an odds on here that you wanted to bet just randomly after the fact. <laughs> no, hey, I already, he's a I already plant. spent my money too. It's not going on that list, but I, I would take that action. <sighs> okay, back to voicemails. What's the next one we got here? Um, caller in another caller from Illinois. I wanted to know about some of the crazy majors we've seen from guys and how maybe it affects them. I don't. I didn't really understand the question. GP. Like, oh. KGBJD, Ben. I'm sitting here in UW Stevens Point. This is Smiley. I'm studying erythropoiesis for hematology. 
obviously it's not the easiest thing to be studying, so it made me wonder, what are the funniest majors you've had heard of from guys that are in Division One wrestling programs, and what are the hardest ones, and how much do you think being a student athlete affects the ability of a wrestler to reach their highest potential? I know Adam Kuhn comes to mind at Michigan with his crazy major, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Thanks. Keep up the good work, boys. Take it easy. Um, interesting. I thought I, <laughs> I might be wrong. I think Steve Mako was an art major, which was uh, really funny to me. Um, who knows? Maybe he was a great painter ironical. or something. Yes. Um, other than that, I, I, I don't think it affects people. I, I can't really, I mean, maybe like say like Tyler McCormick, he was, a you know, a 3.9 student on our college team and he was, uh, ended up going to law school. Like maybe he was kind of nerdy and, and did a little more school than the rest of us, but I don't really think it affected his wrestling all that much because he's pretty damn good at wrestling too. Most people that smart are also, I feel like good at balancing time management. Um, yes. so it, doesn't really affect them as yeah. much as someone who maybe isn't as good as time management can't handle <laughs> that extra workload. Yeah. That's I remember I, the, the one that stands out to me that I remember that was like pretty impressive. Uh, Nick Amuchastegui was, he was like the, whatever that, what's that award? The elite 88 or, or yeah, whatever. Where you have the yeah, highest GPA. GPA and he best GPA. And he was majoring, I think in like mechanical engineering or something very hard at Stanford. Um, I thought that was pretty wild. He clearly, clearly didn't negatively impact him. He was super successful on the mat. Um, I know Vaughn Miller, the NFL player, was poultry management. Oh. Which, uh, poultry management? Because he is super into agriculture. Like He lives on a farm, has a bunch of chickens and whatnot. I got yeah. some chickens. I'm a, I'm a poultry manager. <laughs> I don't think that makes you a poultry manager. Listen, I manage some poultry. They're up yeah. there. They get eggs every day. You got to feed them and water them and shit. Michael Jordan <laughs> was also geography, but cultural geography. There we go. Me and Michael Jordan, same major. Gronk, pretty business. That's just funny. Were you were you cultural cultural geography, Ben? I, I don't believe I had a certain branch. I believe I was just geography major. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I remember there was this, there was a professor at Wyoming who was a cultural geography professor, and he like his his field of study was Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I did take a geography of That's Missouri just his career class studying Paul Bunyan. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was not That's a career. So that should not be a career. Hey, it know? really it really shouldn't. There is a lot of there is a lot of money wasted in a higher education. I mean, I get it. My career is talking and writing about wrestling, but. At least it gets updated. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yes. Okay. Lee from Michigan wants to know if he should be a wrestling coach. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. JD, love the, love the voicemail, man. Uh, my name's Lee. I'm from Michigan. I was recently asked from the town Jews wrestling president if I wanted to be another coach for the program. I've always wanted to get back into the sport, but I'm not sure if I qualify, if that makes sense. Uh, any helpful words? Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, I got, I'm gonna go a little. Can I go deep here for a second? Yeah, don't be a coach, Lee. Um, so man, my man, my first wrestling coach died a couple weeks back, and I was really like 
should I make a, I was thinking about making an Instagram post about it. Hopefully, hopefully I don't get emotional. I would have gotten emotional then. Um, and it's like, he didn't really, I think maybe, maybe he placed at state when he was in high school, but it wasn't like he was a high level wrestler. And then if, if you read the talent code, it talks about the early wrestling, not early, early coaches of any way, shape or form just need to be passionate about the sport and love it and kind of share that love with the kids. Um, and so it's like, uh, you know, I went to his funeral and it was, you know, I, I actually went and saw him a day before he died and it was, it was very sad. And, uh, a lot of other people at a funeral and it was like, man, part of, part of what I think can contribute to the satisfaction of your life. And when I think about people who are really happy, it's people who give their time to others and people who contribute to others livelihoods. And so, you know, the, the, probably the most unhappy people I can think about are the ones who are really selfish and really just so self-centric they're they're only focused on what's going to make their day better and what's going to make them feel good and so man giving back to others is is such a powerful thing so yes lee freaking go be a wrestling coach and (laughs) and everyone else go be a wrestling coach because giving back to other people is so it's so empowering there you go um man that makes we're when we were we were listening to it this morning we were just kind of like joking man if you don't know if you're qualified you're probably not but the point <laughs> the point you made is 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 good and it, you know what actually when you started talking to me of so so my dad got us in wrestling because we had we, he's an elementary school principal and we actually had wrestling in our elementary school as like part of the school we had a little league nice. with these little schools and uh my dad wrestled my dad's from kansas and his his school added wrestling in like when he was like a sophomore or junior in high school. So he wrestled for a couple of years in high school under a coach who had, who was learning wrestling from a book. It was just like reading a book huh. and like, uh, okay, uh, this is, I guess a single, like, um, so he didn't have like a lot of wrestling credentials, but, but yeah, he, he was able to get, and still like, he's able to get kids just excited about it. And if kids are thinking about, if kids are thinking about wrestling or here's the kid that's thinking about it, he'll like call him into the office and he'll, one of the, one of the videos he shows him is um, he shows him Jordan Oliver, that one second takedown. I don't know if you remember that from back in the day. Um, just crazy, like something like insane like that. He'll show him a couple of little videos. just like, Hey, check out how cool wrestling is. And a lot of those kids come and if they spend a few years doing it, they benefit and hopefully they go on and it's like something that they can use to, to set goals and, and whatever. But even if they don't get good, just, being exposed to it, it's, it's, there's a lot of value there. So, And they like the sport, and they subscribe to Flow Wrestling <laughs> to watch our awesome events and read our great content, and we all get paid. And then we pay athletes to come wrestle on our cards, and wrestling becomes the most popular sport in the uh, history of the world. There you go. Boom. There you go. Lee, you could do that, and you could play a valuable part. So we want you to become a wrestling coach. Okay. He also in that voicemail said the president of wrestling in his town. Like I, I I've never lived in a town that has a president of wrestling. I, I didn't even pick up know. on that. Wow. Yeah. He, he must live in a cool town. All right. Next one. Hunter from Cleveland, Tennessee, wants to know some of the best athletes we've seen in the sport of wrestling. Hey guys, this is Hunter from Cleveland, Tennessee, home of Cody Chittum. I was calling in with two questions for all the guys. Uh, first question. Who is the best pure athlete you ever saw in a wrestling match? Not best wrestler, but best pure athlete you ever saw wrestle. And second question, who is the best wrestler that you guys ever saw who didn't wrestle in college? Not health-related or injury-related, but purely the best wrestler who didn't wrestle in college, whether they went to another sport or just chose not to do it. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. This one's easy for me. Answers well, both. Part yeah, part two is easy. It's Cejudo or Pico. Um, I was gonna say Musakayev. 
<laughs> nah, you can't pick a Russian. <laughs> of course you can pick a Russian. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't compete for them anymore, but... Yeah. Musikov so, is yeah. a great athlete. There is no denying oh, that. Oh, you're saying athlete. I thought you were saying didn't go to college. And he didn't go to college. That is correct. He probably didn't like go Like I college. said, it applies for both. I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Cejudo, right? I mean, it's if you're talking Americans, it's Cejudo. Yeah. Yeah, Cejudo. Uh-huh. Um, Peacock, yeah. close second. That first question about I like I was trying to think of someone who was a really good athlete who um who maybe didn't achieve to the level of their athleticism and and one of the guys that came to mind for me was Tyrell Fortune. Like I that guy's athleticism mm-hmm. was like off the charts for heavyweight and I always thought I always thought he, you know, athletically was was pretty far away from the rest of the guys he was competing against. Yeah. I try to think of someone who who also did other sports, like a Hokit would be a great example. Someone who also had success in football, or like a Stepe Miocic, who was also a college baseball player at the same time, and then later went on to have success in mixed martial arts. Right, so he, he's had successful at three different sports. Um, so I think about it like that because I don't I don't like thinking of I hate thinking of athleticism in just the general terms where a lot of like strength and speed. Like there's a lot more to it than that. So like a Stepe who. Obviously, if he's successful at all of those sports, you know, there's some probably some great hand-eye coordination, some great balance, some you know, some other things in addition to just strength and speed. But there's so many people who see strength and speed and they think, "Holy crap, that that's athleticism!" And I don't like to think about it in those terms. Being that good at multiple sports is so freaking cool, and it's such a trump card when talking about athleticism because yeah. you can be like, "Say I'm more athletic than you, I'm better at wrestling," but it's like, "Yeah, but I have like." data to prove that i am yeah, a good athlete absolutely. not just a good wrestler yeah yeah all-american and played for the san francisco 49ers so yeah a good combo yeah. double all-american is insane at mm. the division one especially at a sport like wrestling where it's so hard to all-american like think yeah, about all the people all the hours and time they have poured in and couldn't become an all-american and he's like yeah you know like most of my time I spend playing football. That's absurd. Yeah. So absurd. Such a flex. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah, you go back, someone like a Stephen Neal or a Carlton Hazelrig who would uber successful in um, uber successful in wrestling and then also went and played in the NFL. Like, that's another, like, wow. They must. Stephen Neal didn't even play college football and he went and was all pro. Like, holy crap. Won a bunch of Super Bowls. Speaking of which, yeah. if you haven't yet, go watch Stephen Neal No Excuses on our website. It's a recent full film about Stephen Neal. Boom. It's a shorter film. All right. Now this, we saved the best voicemail for last. It's old school wrestling clips. Ben hasn't heard it yet. David, you listened to it with me this morning. Just listen to this. Okay. Hey, y'all. This is... Um... Old school wrestling clips on Twitter. I've got some fame on there. I wanted to talk about the um, this whack job from Illinois who should be attending to his children instead of thinking about wrestling. This guy's a joke. He thinks he's Flow Wrestling's biggest fan. I'd like to give you two reasons why I am actually Flow Wrestling Radio's biggest fan. Not only have I been there from the very, very, very beginning of Flow Wrestling and watching every interview, every, almost every duel I could have seen, every match I could have watched from the early, early onset of Flow Wrestling. Um, 
I also went back and re-listened during the beginning of quarantine to literally every single Flow Wrestling radio uh, episode. I was so bored. I had nothing else to do. So I re-listened to all of them a second time because I've already listened to them. Um, also, if you post this message... Um, or if you discuss this voicemail on Flow Wrestling Radio, I will get an FRL tattoo of y'all's choice. <laughs> now, it can't be too silly or anything. It's got to be some, some standard Flow Wrestling logo, maybe FRL, um, maybe that Twitter handle of, like, John the Cannibal or the Cannibal Dude. <laughs> Whatever it is, you post this message... I will get the tattoo, and I want to be crowned Flow Wrestling Radio's biggest fan. Again, Twitter handle, old school wrestling clips. Would love a follow back from y'all. Uh, if not, that's all good. Post this message. You get a tattoo of your choice. Wow. Wow, that's uh, fascinating. Hey, so I listened to I, – I, I, listened, I went to his Twitter handle, old school wrestling clips. He has so much copyright violation here. It's oh, yeah. really tremendous. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, um, I was on Lex Friedman's podcast later this week. And he, ben, I'm going to start digging what? you every time you say tremendous. For what? Because you say tremendous no, like four times word. a show. Ding it's it a good for word. how awesome it is. It's a Ding great word. I love it. I just want to like, keep a tally. Okay. So Lex brought this up to me. And I don't remember. Oh, because he brought it up because Travis Stevens brought it up to him. And I believe we have discussed this before. And and my man, Old School Wrestling Lips, doesn't care because he's just copyright violating, which is it's great because F, ESPN, and NBC. But the two biggest wrestling tournaments that we want to watch, they don't exist online anywhere, right? So ESPN has the rights to the NCAs, and NBC owns the rights to the Olympic trials and the Olympics. And once these tournaments are done, you can't really go back and watch these matches. It's so freaking annoying. Yeah. It's super so annoying. old school wrestling says, screw the man. Just puts these clips up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, eventually he might get his account shut down. Keith Gothard's not happy in the chat right now. I mean, he, he, <laughs> let's he, have him fight. Let's he, have fired, him fight. he fired shots directly at, at Keith Gothard. What he, if he's a Keith Gothard the same though. person? <clears throat> he said, what if he said, the same person? Hmm, interesting. I mean, I don't know. He said Keith Gothard needs to tend to his children. That's a... I mean, Keith Gothard... How does he even know Keith Gothard has children? Maybe they're the same person. He has a Division One, uh, our son that wrestles Division One. So I think... Yeah, so that guy's going to college. He doesn't need to tend to him. Yeah, yeah that's true. He should be with us, hanging out in the Facebook chat, talking yeah. wrestling. Maybe Keith, Keith, you get a tattoo. There's like just, I mean, I'm only on September 26th, and there's at least 50 copyright violations. It's so great. <laughs> How are you more <laughs> with this guy's copyright infringements and the fact that he said he'd get a flow tattoo? Uh, Old school wrestling clubs. I'm holding it to it. Let's get him. Oh. A, yeah, maybe we get him a Keith Gothard tattoo. Maybe Keith Gothard needs to get a bigger flow tattoo, and then we just have a tattoo wow. off. Yeah. Who's, yeah, whose tattoo is bigger? Who That's... really is the number one FRL fan? Who is willing to prove it? I want to see some receipts. Oh, that was a funny voicemail. And I'm, <laughs> I'm loving these clips. That, yeah, but I, they can't do this. He, he does post. They're actually, they're actually copyright. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to bust him up, but he's, he's got a bunch of uh, 
uh, Super 32 clips on there, which I'm sure you guys have the rights to. Ooh, we do. We might have to get him shut down. How can you be? How can you claim to be the number one FRL fan when you're out here you stealing? Us? <laughs> stealing Whatever from us. Is. I think it's all good. Leave him up here. All right. I actually have seen that account, and he does post some good clips. But anyway, um, one more question. This wasn't a voicemail. That was all the voicemails for the week. But from Zachary. Growwinkle. I hope I'm saying that right. He sent in an email, just a normal email. At World Team Trials, we only had four series go to a full match across all styles. I think Olympic Team Trials was even lower. Does this say anything about our depth? Is our depth actually not as deep as we think? No. This is, no. Uh, I got, I've been thinking about this one. Yeah, party on this, um, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like even, even in really good wrestlers, who are very competitive with each other. It's it's there's so few that are 50-50. It's so rare that it's 50-50. And so that you know that's essentially if we're in two matches you're going to need a 50-50 to go one and one, right? If even if it's 60-40, 70-30, this the likelihood that one guy wins both matches even though it's close is still really likely. And so even in even in really competitive matches, I mean like I, I mean, I think about myself with Chris Pendleton. Like I was really freaking close to him, and I lost to him eighty-seven percent of the GD time. Yeah, eighty-seven percent. You know, and I was like, one was overtime, one was he two coupled me, one in the last second, one he won my ride time, but he still won eighty-seven percent of the time. Even even in really competitive matches with really good guys, one guy's still going to win a high majority. And when you're only talking two, the chances they win two out of two are pretty good. Hey, Keith Gothard says he's in to get a tattoo if we fly him to Austin and get him some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got. Oh, we might have to do this. We're starting a movement. Um, wow. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I don't know. Now, now I'm distracted, but <laughs> thinking about the I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to think about the depth in our country, um, even you know, you look like domestically. The, the things the things you can point to are like the number of reps we've had in the last however many years at at like 57 61 65 you can see there's a lot of guys that if even if they aren't going to go back and forth on the same day they're going to go back and forth over the course of a couple years a few years and then on top of that look at you know the guys that are on our world team right now that have medals that used to be in the same weight class and and that like there's your all the sign you need for depth yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is like how well do they do against the world so you know when, when Alex Deringer or other people are going to have and they're having good success at these international tournaments that's more of an indicator of can they you know are the matches split yeah guys with age level medals that haven't yet made, made a senior team like those are all those are all signs of depth I mean that fact that Ryan Deacon was in the junior world finals and yeah. clearly is very good internationally but hasn't been able to make a team like that's that's the depth yeah. information or like you know, you know Suriano doing so well at the you know, the Italian tournament, you know, like those type of tournaments where we're seeing these guys have success and, but they can't make the team. That's more for me, uh, a sign of depth than, or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The match is going to the third one. Yeah. Okay. Last question before we go from PD3 dumpster fire, possibly Ben's favorite account. <laughs> Great name. There's some work with me here through some of these typos. Has wrestling become an elite upper middle class sport like hockey? Costly academies, camps, nationwide traveling around the country to earn your cred. Does a broke kid without these financial resources keep up? 
Um, I know, I know. I obviously have a passionate answer about this one too because this is what I do. Um, so I think if you if you look at our prices versus, I mean, just AWA, I can't tell you what other people charge. I don't know. I've been told we were on the upper side of most people. We're still a fraction of what they charge in baseball, hockey, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's a. I just had a parent the other day tell me, oh yeah, my wife owns a dance academy, and they're like three times what you guys are. You really need to charge more. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna raise, I'm gonna raise the price on your account, <laughs> and then we're good because you want it to be more. Um, so I, I don't think wrestling is there yet. Uh, I don't know that they'll ever get there because there is always going to be the cheaper options of the local clubs and the high school and the open mats and stuff like that. Yes, it has it got more expensive? Yes, probably. But compared to hockey and baseball and all the other stuff, no. And then, you know, some people just don't like change. And so I think about the fact that when I was in high school, and this is probably one of the impetuses of us opening AWA is I want to freaking wrestle year round. And yes. there wasn't the option. There was a club in April, May, uh, uh, March, April, May. And by, by May, there was like six kids there. And that was it. There was no clubs in June, July, August, September, October. And then in November, high school season started. There was no clubs. I wanted to wrestle. I had to find people to come to my basement to wrestle with me. You know, it was like. And and so yeah, we want to give kids an option to wrestle year round. Are there some kids that are going to like wrestling more than other sports? Sure. Are there some kids that are going to like baseball more? And so yeah, some people get really annoyed about kids playing sports year round. It's like yeah, but why can't they do what they want? Right? If they want, a kid wants to play effing baseball, let him play baseball. If the kid wants to go wrestle, let him wrestle. It's like I want to wrestle, and I didn't have a place to wrestle, and now kids have a place to wrestle year round if they want to. And yeah. Obviously, in order to keep our doors open, we have to charge a little bit of money. That's the way it works. Sports, youth sports, high school sports, as a whole, wrestling has just fallen victim to it as a whole, have become more expensive if you want to be elite because of stuff like that. Because now kids can go to camps and train year-round at solid clubs when, you know, 40 years ago, Everybody was just doing their high school season and then they played football yeah, or baseball it. in the off season or whatever, maybe did an open mat and then they like ran and lifted weights as their off season training. You weren't doing really that much wrestling, you know, but it, it's like that for every sport stuff has become slightly more specialized. Wrestling has just fallen victim yeah. to it. You can still become you know, good. I, th- I think there's opportunities for, for kids who don't have a lot of money that there are way. I mean, Listen, a kid can earn what it takes for our academy year-round in a couple months of summer work really, really, really easily. Like, it's not hard. So where there's a will, there is definitely a way. And there's also other people who help you out. Um, if you're if you're that kid, if I got a kid who's grinding his ass off, and I can't, I can't say specifically if I help anyone out or not because the WIA has really, really stupid restrictions on the ability to help athletes. Um, but if I got a kid who's grinding it and then they stop showing up and I say, you know, I find out, hey, why is that kid not showing up? And they said, oh, he can't afford it anymore. Come on in. I'm going to take care it of it. Don't yeah. worry about it. I, yeah, I, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. I can't tell you whether I do, I do that at all because WIA has really stupid rules. But I'm going to figure it out for that kid that doesn't have a lot and of I money. I think most wrestling coaches are kind of the same way as you. And I, I do not think wrestling is on the same level as a lot of yeah. other sports like, you know, hockey and baseball and lacrosse and stuff like that. Uh, but obviously, yes, it has become slightly more expensive than it had. But that's just everything. Yeah. I, I remember in high school, it was like, I, same way, I wanted to wrestle all the time, all, all year round. And 
like you could get all there's you know a bunch of high schools in in Colorado Springs and like you could get each each high school coach to open the room for like an open mat once a week and you could kind of piece together getting into a wrestling room but like how many kids was going to show up was was always you know every week yeah. every day would be different there'd be times where you'd show up and you'd literally be the only kid there um and so it's just it, yep. was, it was tough to get it it's yeah it's worth the money and there are good things and bad things about wrestling being having like a, a not-for-profit background, but but like you're saying, people want to help out, and that's a good thing. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime yeah. soon. I've heard about I've heard I've heard a number of stories of elite high school kids who who have who've been who've received support from communities without ever want, even wanting to ask that, but just like people recognizing like wow, this kid is like getting really good. This kid needs to go to that tournament and that tournament and yeah. that tournament. That costs money to get on a plane and get a hotel room and all those things. Like we want to we want to help out. We want to pay for that. And 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 like don't even have to ask at times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I will um I will push back on that. I don't think you have to go to that many tournaments to be successful. I mean, obviously in a high school season you're going to get 50 matches. Um you should be going to a lot of your uh, you know, freestyle state and other options on the weekends. And if you go to maybe Fargo and super 32, right. Or, or a couple yeah. big tournaments like that, that's going to be, that's going to be adequate. You don't, and especially, and I, and I will put on the youth ages at like five through 12, when those parents are flying around the country, going to all these, they're wasting their GD money. It is stupid. And a lot of, a lot of those are obviously those tournaments. Their job is to make the parents and the kids feel as though it is very important that they come to those tournaments and be there. That's how they make money. I get it. it it's a lie. It's a sham. You don't need to do it. Before the age of 12, Go to maybe go to one or two, right? Go to a couple. But you don't need to go all over the country. It's a waste of money. And some parents just want to do it so their kids get big trophies and they feel good about it. It's just not necessary. So, yeah, I will say early on it's definitely not necessary. And later on, between your high school season, the stuff that's local and that you can drive to – Maybe go to one or two more big ones. Yeah, but even I mean, for, there are a lot of families where one or two big ones is like that's an actual like difficult thing to accomplish, you know. So, yeah. but I I'm, know I'm Fargo's saying, expensive for yeah. some states. Um, if what Iowa did, at least when I was there, they did like a you got raffle tickets and you could literally pay your yeah. way to Fargo by selling all your raffle tickets. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how or all the details behind that. But if any other USA wrestling state leaders are listening, do that. Like it's Wisconsin used to do that. And they, they don't do that anymore. I don't think. Yes. But where there's a will, there's a way. And listen, there's, there's a lot of uh, people who are wealthier in life who, if they see a little kid, a younger kid, and I don't say little, we see younger, say 13, 18, who's working their ass off, has big dreams and actually is following through on it. They people want to help those people out. I can tell you that with without any uh, thought that I'm wrong at all. I'm sorry. I'm reading this chat, and Keith Gutherson says he's about 90 minutes away from AWA, and he'll drive up and get this tattoo. For what? He, he, he's dead set. I'm. Be- <laughs> I don't got a. I don't. The do number it. one FRL fan. <laughs> you got. You have to learn. You got to learn how. By in the next 90 minutes, he's going to be there yeah. in 90 minutes. Prison tattoo. Yeah. All right. All right, I cool. Think, I'm out of here. It's 944. Yep. We got to get no out of here. Twos. The World Championships this weekend, whew, they're going to be fun. We'll be, obviously, you can watch them all live on Flow Wrestling. Uh, you can also tune into the watch party. David Bray, myself, Bader, um, and, you know, some guests will be on throughout the entire 
duration of, or not the entire duration, but the first several days of the World Championship. So there'll be plenty of content coming soon to the site as well from Norway, where CP is stationed, along with several of our other friends. But so keep it locked in all weekend and week for the World Championships. And we'll see you Tuesday.